0: Hello and welcome to the We Hate Anime Podcast. This is Moth here letting you know that no, there is not a gun pointed to my head. I am indeed introducing our Patreon. So the We Hate Anime Podcast is over on Patreon.com slash We Hate Anime, where if you give us money, we will continue to do what we've been doing for two years anyway. And if you don't give us money, we'll keep doing it. But Mike will have to ration out his trips to Chick-fil-A. Anyway, we have a couple of amazing tiers for you all. In reality, we only have two amazing tiers. The other one's just a shout out if you want to give us a dollar. For a dollar, you'll help fund us. For $15, we will talk about whatever you want to talk about. You want to talk about Cromarty High? I want to talk about Cromarty High. Pay 15 bucks, so we can talk about Cromarty High. And for $25, you can get a shout out. Wait, no, I totally read that wrong. Whatever. $15 is the shout out. $25 is the, uh, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. And right now our only $25 supporter is Gachi. Gachi wanted to be mentioned as Gachi, the simp of volume one. Thank you, Gachi. So remember, if you want to support us, head on down to patreon.com slash wehateanime. All right. That's out of the way. Perfect. Let's move on to today. Today we have two guests on the show. Uh, returning guest, Sudoku. Sudoku, say hi. How all. All right, and Sudoku's been here before, uh, so no introductions necessary. The other member has been here before, but only on Moth's Misunderstandings, which I discontinued after I realized editing is hard. So, everybody, welcome Brother Ahab. Hi. (laughs) Yeah, so, Ahab, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, seeing as uh, nobody actually watched Moth's Misunderstandings.
1: Uh, Well, what is there to say? I'm... I'm me. I I have an interest in motorcycles, guns, music, video games, fast cars, uh, and anime.
0: Mostly mecha. So that's why we've brought a mostly mecha, which is actually why you're here on this episode, because uh, we're talking about Gynax's most famous mecha anime of all time, FLCL. Hell yeah. Yay. (laughs) Uh, the topic for this week—it's—it's it's really, really weird because it, it, I don't know. I know I'm old. I know I'm ancient at this point. But when Mike was like, "Hey, let's talk about Fully Cooley," I was like, "But Fully Cooley's fresh in everybody's memory." I remember oh, watching no. it on Adult Swim <laughs> a few years ago, and then I went back and I looked, and Fully Cooley came out in two thousand.
2: It's fucking twenty years old.
0: Could you feel your yeah, gray hairs coming in at that point? <laughs> Dude, it's it's so frustrating because I, I watched like AMV Hell growing up. I don't know if either of you watched any of the AMV Hells. Uh,
2: I am familiar. familiar with but I remember with nothing. Them.
0: Well, the the first two anyway, because uh, I think there's seven and there's some that we don't talk about. So there's really only five. Uh, the the first like three and four pulled a lot of material out of Fully Cooly, and I remember like watching AMV Hell and be like, man, I love AMV Hell. This is great. And then I look and AMV Hell came out in like two thousand two. Or Amville Health Three came out in like 2002, and AMV Health Four came out in like 2005. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm old.
2: Yeah, times <laughs> fucked up.
0: <laughs> Dude, it's it's this is the weirdest time skip I've ever been in because I just, it, it, I, Fully Cooley aired at the same time that Outlaw Star aired. Yeah. That I want to say because Outlaw Star and Fully Cooley are always the ones that stand out whenever I think of Adult Swim or a tsunami. I'm actually like trying to remember what else aired in that timeline and I just can't think of anything. Yeah.
2: Probably so Cowboy there, Bebop. Yeah. Oh yeah, Cowboy Bebop Cooley, and Super Cowboy Milk Jam. <laughs> uh
0: Outlaw Star, Gundam Wing, um Trigun. Oh, they did all the Gundams. Yeah, Trigun and they did all the Gundams cuz that's where I learned about G Gundam. Well, G Gundam was several years later. Wing Gundam
1: was actually the first one. That, yeah, that was the one did. that actually brought Gundam to the
0: West. And it has made Heavy Arms a staple in Western mecha love since then. Yup. I actually, what's funny is, I think it's such an American thing that we love Heavy Arms. Like, you go to any other, like, I'm pretty sure, like, I talked to some guy in France. He's like, I like Sandrock. I'm like, who's Sandrock? <laughs> Wing only had Death Scythe and Heavy Arms. I don't know what you're talking about, kid. Oh yeah, because you know there was totally not one called
1: uh, I don't know
0: Wing Gundam. Yeah, no, I thought that was just like a clever title because sometimes it went into space. Oh
1: yeah, the one with the wings didn't stand out to you
0: at all. <laughs> no, honestly, well, that was Death Scythe.
1: Uh, well, yeah, I guess that's fair. There was two of them with wings. Although, yeah, so you know, was- Death Scythe with its you know giant scythe and wing Gundam with its wings and its transformation to a bird
0: <clears throat> actually yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go off on a i'm gonna go off on a tangent here because this is something you know ahab sudoku maybe not so much i don't I know, know, how know much shit about Gundam about... <laughs> yeah if that's fair it's it's so funny that we get wing first because it's the same thing like when we got final fantasy 4 but we called it final fantasy 2 so we get wing first which i don't even think it's canon ahab correct me if i'm wrong but is wing canon
1: It's canon in its own way. Um, It was actually, you gotta remember when it comes to Gundam, like, you have different centuries, different, like, universes within the name Gundam, (laughs) and Wing was a standalone from the most popular universe, which was the Universal Century era. Um, Gundam's was called, like, After Colony era, or something like that, and You know, they're just basically, you know, a bunch of teenagers that get roped
0: into being, you know, galactic terrorists. So take that as you will. Yeah, that's fair. All right. But it's it's funny that we get wing when wing isn't is like not only is wing not the first series in Gundam, it's not even like the second or the third. It is it is very much later plots, especially even in the animation department, because we had what three Gundams get animated before wing. Yeah, no. it yeah, was, I think uh, Wing
2: is like the third series. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was like 0079, and then like, uh, then they did like a bunch of the stuff where I think Unicorn started popping up, right? No,
1: Unicorn, Unicorn wouldn't pop up until like twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen, I think.
2: Yeah, so I thought Unicorn was more recent.
1: Yeah,
0: it's it's definitely newer.
2: Okay, recent, that's like five but- years.
0: <laughs> i mean this is how much i know about gundam because we know wing because we all grew up with wing and then i know thunderbolt because honestly that's the only gundam i actually respect is thunderbolt because the only one that tells even remotely an interesting story and then i know g gundam because g gundam is where gundam should be like gundam build fighters and g gundam is exactly where the universe needs to be right now And then there's Iron Blooded Orphans, which everybody fawns over, but I never really liked Iron Blooded Orphans.
2: Everyone it, has it, told me that's that one's the one that's bad.
0: Well, that's that's funny, is I've heard I've either heard that it's good or that it's bad. I've heard nobody go, oh yeah, no, it's a Gundam entry. The thing
1: about Iron Blooded Orphans is that you're gonna have people that like it, and you're gonna have people that hate it, because the people that like it are. The ones that kind of go for that sort of thing, Iron Blooded Orphans is, is different from a lot of the other Gundam series. It's still very Gundam in, 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 in its archetype about like how it approaches a story and like its politics and like world building and everything. But instead of it kind of being more military opera style, it's more of like Greek tragedy style storytelling. And that's where people get kind of messed up is like they go, like some people go into it expecting a certain thing and they just, they don't get that because this one's trying to be different. Um, Personally, I loved Iron-Blooded Orphans. I thought it was a fantastic story. Um, It, you know, it makes you laugh. It makes you hate everything. It makes you sit on the edge of your seat. The designs are really just interesting and cool and, You know, by the end of it, it's like I'm just sitting there going, holy crap, did that really just happen?
0: It's I I I don't don't know. I I definitely I definitely appreciate that they tried something new. I can't I can't acknowledge I or I can't acknowledge Thunderbolt without acknowledging Iron-Blooded Orphan because they're in the same vein where Thunderbolt tried a lot of new things in the Gundam universe. Like it's 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 funny because in my mind, Thunderbolt stuck the landing and Iron-Blooded Orphans (laughs) fell flat but they're both in the same vein. Yeah. Plus, I mean, like you
1: you, you you've you've got your love of that uh, that pilot who's all obsessed with jazz.
0: So, I actually it it's Leo. It's it's EO. Oh, something is his name, Low or something. <laughs> I mean, I I definitely like him as a character. I just it, it's as somebody who's always been sympathetic to Zeon. It's like, ah, the guy I like is on the wrong side. <laughs> oh well, I mean yeah I don't
1: know it's funny because like well, there's actually Thunderbolt's part of the universal century so when it comes to federation and xeon like the later entries definitely start pushing you more towards supporting xeon but everybody always seems to forget that they did a lot of messed up stuff too man they dropped an entire
0: colony on earth and killed millions of people. Well isn't it funny? That's the only Ahab, thing about Gundam, whereas... Oh, is that they dropped a colony on people? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> isn't it funny though, Ahab, where only the good guys have ever won a single war? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, bad guys have never won a single war. Yeah. Isn't it weird? They need to get their shit together, is what it sounds like. Actually, I remember there was one, because uh, Adult Swim, or not even Adult Swim, Toonami had no idea what they were giving children. I, I, To this day, it still cracks me up that they aired, like, uncensored episodes of both Tenshi Muyo and Outlaw Star on, like, the kids' block. Yeah. But then they censored the Sailor Moon lesbians. Oh, happy Pride Month, everyone.
2: <laughs> yeah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was it, Jupiter and Pluto, I think? Uh, Yeah. Oh,
2: well, I, they, so. I mean, they were still no, there. No, 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 like, it, wasn't, it wasn't
0: Jupiter. It was Pluto and Neptune.
2: Neptune sounds right.
0: It was uh... like either it was Pluto and Neptune or Pluto and Uranus. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But uh, the, the one I do remember they did, Toonami did do a Gundam series meant for kids. It was, it was not meant for kids. It was one of the most serious stories they ever told. But for some reason, they decided to air it for children. And it was the one where the kid was in middle school and his older brother was getting radicalized by the the principalities, or like the, the Zeon forces. Oh, 0080 war in the pocket. I immediately know which one you're talking about. The one where his brother finds a Zaku and then just gets
1: murdered?
3: Yeah.
1: Well, he doesn't find the Zaku. He starts building it or like modifying or something. And yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, that one. Oof. Oof. <laughs> That's that, one, point, that one man. had
0: no right being on a children's block because it is like it, it's just you literally see a victim of propaganda. The entire purpose of War in a Pocket is to emphasize how bad propaganda is, especially for children.
1: Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, to, to kind of segue into uh into Fooly Cooly you know I, I feel like that that falls into the exact same line because like there's so much stuff in Fooly Cooly that I had totally forgotten about or just glossed over back when it was playing on Adult Swim and you know I was younger and I just was kind of ignorant to the world and then you know I go and watch it again and I'm like oh this was in that what they made this joke they did that oh my god what did I miss Dude, that? There's
0: so much. There's so much show to rape in Fully Cooley. There's even more than in their other show, Evangelion. <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> now, I I will. Uh, let's let this get. Uh, this is the first time ever. I think I've watched something where I've had the ability to watch the dub and the sub. That I've watched the dub, because I or, or the sub. I've I've watched a lot of dubs, and of course I've only ever seen the Fully Cooley dub. So I wanted to see the sub for once. Uh, Sidoko. Sudoku, Sudo, did you watch the <laughs> sub or the dub?
2: Uh, I watched... I've only ever seen the dub.
0: Okay, and Ahab, did you watch the dub, right? I watched the dub, yes. Okay, the uh, the older girl, the redhead, um, the one that was in love with his older brother, how old is she in the dub? She's a high
1: schooler. Uh, she's like 17, I think.
0: Okay, so just just to verify ages of all the characters, oh, no. uh, Haruka is age she's supposed to appear like she's 19 or 20 but she's they decades s- if not centuries old she right.
2: says she's 19 in the dub
0: right she's decades if not centuries old yeah she's she's definitely not
1: uh, she she's not a teenager not by no. human standards not by whatever she is standards.
0: So we have Haruka, and then we have his father. We're just going to go through the characters real quick. We have his father, who is 47 in the sub, officially. Uh, 47 or 42, I always get those numbers mixed up. But he's he's in his 40s, and then he, we have his grandfather, who's in his 60s. We have the main character, who is canonically 12 years old. And the reason we know that is because he is in his last year of elementary school. Yeah.
2: I keep forgetting that Japan doesn't have
0: a middle school. They do, and they don't. yeah. It's, uh, I think you go like, and in America it's different too, but I know it's like three years of high school, three years of intermediary school, and then you go to elementary school prior. So I just did this backwards. Um, In America, we do it a little bit differently. I've seen schools where they do six, seven, and eighth grade in middle school, and then nine, 10, 11, 12 in high school. And I've also seen uh, 10, 11, 12 in high school, but that's very rare. That's like technical charters.
2: So, like, because, like, they kept saying he was a grade schooler, so my head I was like, oh, he's, like, eight. So, I didn't, no. I didn't know he was, like, 12.
0: No, he's 12, and, and a ton of horrible stuff happens to him as a 12-year-old. Uh, <laughs> yeah. just, as, just,
2: as things happen when you're 12.
0: Okay, so let's let's talk about this real quick. Um, next did this. This followed End of Evangelion. So, they did Neon Genesis Evangelion. They did that absolute bastardization of a movie, End of Evangelion. And then they did... Uh, Fully Coolie was their next big project, from my understanding. Because uh, I, yeah, I think they so. did a couple of the redos, like a couple of the Evangelion redos, but that used so much footage from the show, I don't consider them like necessary.
3: It, I, I don't
0: know. It, uh, it gets a little weird with with Evangelion.
1: It, no kidding.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fully Coolie was like their next major thing.
0: So we have uh, Fully Coolie was our next major project. It's a six episode micro series. Uh, All of the music was actually done by one band. And I I remember thinking to myself as I was rewatching this, The Pillows did the entire soundtrack. That's why uh, it's a a very soft rock sounding. What's funny is so much impactful stuff happens in this anime, but it has such a soft rock um, soundtrack that even during some of the most epic scenes, like where he's swinging his guitar against a giant baseball bomb,
3: It just sounds.
0: It just sounds so soft, like this epic moment's happening, but because it's a band literally called the Pillows, it's so (laughs) soft and gentle. You you know
2: what's so good? I love it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it fits so well with with the tone.
1: the, the music is what really, really shorted up for me. Like the the animation. The, the art style the, the story that's I love all that it's really good but the soundtrack like many things media whether it's video games movies TV shows whatever a, a good soundtrack can make or break uh it's it's attached media and in this case I, I think fully coolly like they they knocked it out of the park
0: yeah <laughs> no problem. I, it, it's yeah it's, you know, yeah thanks.
2: Uh, so i've been having this soundtrack like on my playlist for the past over 10 years as i first saw the show to the point where right. when i was re-watching it like yesterday my wife walked in like this was during like the ending credits it was like do you is this a song you always play in the car like yeah i uh
0: i by the way i have to say this now uh i owe you an apology pseudo i thought you were schizophrenic. <laughs> Uh, I didn't know you actually had a wife. I do. This is true. <laughs> actually, this is um, this I mean, is interesting because I
2: with a I don't married think, trio, I think, right?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I don't think Tid has a wife. I think he has a girlfriend. Uh, Frog has a partner, uh, a committed partner, and then mm-hmm. Mike is uh, single by choice. He is uh, what we in the industry call a vol sale, vol sell something. But uh, this is actually the married episode. So a bunch of married guys are talking about our childhood fantasy of having an older woman hit on us.
2: Yeah, my wife actually is older, so let's go.
0: <laughs> yep, uh, my wife's older than me. I think yeah. Ahab is the only one with a wife younger than him.
1: Uh, yeah, that would, that would be correct.
0: Alright, so this is the uh, Two Gentlemen and a Groomer podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. 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 No way. I'm just kidding,
0: I've seen your beard, I know you don't groom <laughs> uh,
1: Okay, alright Okay, I got, I got you Alright,
0: moving on Okay, moving on uh, Actually, I did want to, just talking about the soundtrack So I believe the Pillows Is a Japanese band, I'm not going to just look it up On Wikipedia right now to be sure They're Japanese. I believe they are, but the whole time I, When we were watching this, because I actually watched All six episodes in the last two days Just so it was fresh in my mind I just kind of imagine that this is uh, if we had hired Weezer to do the dub music <laughs> on top of like we dubbed it like we dubbed it. And then instead of having the pillows do the soundtrack, we just like pulled Weezer in. And we're like, all right, we need you to sing Beverly Hills as he's hitting that baseball bat or that baseball as hard as he can.
2: I think it would be fitting if it was like, I think like Bare Naked Ladies would be like the English equivalent to the pillows. Ah, uh, no, I'm thinking uh... Weezer.
1: <laughs> I don't know about Weezer. I don't know, I, <laughs> I don't think I don't think it would work. I think I I don't think that there's an American band that immediately comes to mind as an analog. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad that they kept the original music in there, even if everything yeah. was in Japanese. While you know the dub. Was this in music English. is in English.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I I oh man, I wonder like would Snow Patrol work or like Modest Mouse? Like, it, it has to be a sad boy band. Like, the type of guy, like, you have to imagine the type of guy who would, like, sit in the closet while he watches his wife with another dude. That would be the soundtrack. <laughs> like, you have to.
2: I don't think that's the vibe, but nope, okay. That's the
0: entire show. It's him being jealous of Haru having a different guy in her life. Kind of. He envies his older brother. He envies his dad at one point. Like the entire show is a is a kid who doesn't realize he's being cucked because he's twelve years old. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. You're out of line, you know... but
1: I'm not gonna say it. I'm just gonna move right on past that and I'm gonna jump I'm gonna jump back to this whole gonna thing gonna me- about him being twelve years old it this the show in episode 1 it starts off with him basically going you know my life is boring this town sucks mm-hmm. nothing nothing exciting ever happens here and then you know not moments later here comes here comes haruka and just runs him over
0: <laughs> and and actually that's not even correct either he it, it's very much a childish interpretation of the town because mm-hmm. as you see throughout the show there's a lot going on that He's just not noticing. Right. He doesn't care. His brother or is a baseball a star. star. Yeah, like his brother's a baseball star. That's amazing for a small town like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, his dad is running a local scandalous zine. That's amazing for a town like that. The mayor is having a giant affair scandal. There is a huge medical corporation that just moved in and nobody's talking about it. On top of that, he's getting hit on actively by a 17 year old girl and he's ignoring all of this. Because for some reason he's not the big hero right now, yeah like yes. he is he's saying nothing happens here because he's saying I'm not doing anything
1: yeah yeah no that's that's an accurate summation and it's
2: it's very much like a like early teen or like pre-teens like view of the world, which is what it's supposed to be.
1: So.
0: I mean, everybody's busy. Yeah. Everything is happening all the time, and everyone's busy but him. And it's his choice that he's not busy.
1: Yeah. And the funny thing is is that even when things do start happening, you know, even then, like, he, at first, he's still just, like, he's annoyed that there are things going on around him. He's annoyed That he's got this horn growing out of his forehead, you know, that he's got this, this weird redhead that just showed up into his life all of a sudden now lives with him. And, you know, all all the things that happened to him, just even in just episode one, by the end of it, like, he's still just like, this place sucks. My life sucks. Like, bro, you just had a, you just had a robot come out of your forehead and fight another robot. Like, that's awesome.
0: And uh, that actually, that gets repeated at the beginning of episode six. Yep. It's because Haru isn't there. He's depressed and sad.
1: Yep. yep.
2: You always need a, a rickerbocker in your life.
0: <laughs> yeah. So let's let's set up the scenario for people. Like it, This is so funny because if I was in middle school four years ago um, and I was like, hey, let's summarize this for people who have never seen the show, everyone would be looking at me like, dude, are you smoking crack? Everybody's watched Fully Cooly. <laughs> Um, it so has been years Fully <laughs> yeah, It has been 20 years and we dug right into it. So let's, let's, let's start again. Um, Fully Cooly was Gynax's next big project after Evangelion. Now Gynax, uh, I think it's like studio IG and Gynax actually.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, Gainax worked on this project. The entire show takes place in a small town in Japan. Uh, the main character is named Nauta, and they make so many puns with his name because he's Nauta, and his favorite thing to eat is Natto. Like, did, did any of you catch that?
2: I think so. Yeah. Been a so game. his
0: name is, <laughs> yeah, it's, his name's Nauta, or Nauta, and his favorite food's natto. Um, He is constantly being harassed by his brother's, and, and the funny thing is, she wasn't even his brother's girlfriend. His brother saved her after she set a school on fire, and she developed a crush on him. Uh, that's Mamimi. And then the uh, titular character, the only character that carries over into the series, we don't talk about, is Haruka or Haruko.
3: Wait,
2: is she in the rest of the series?
0: She she is in Alternative, and I can't remember what the third one's called. It's like Alternative and Redraw or something. Oh, uh, I she didn't does know that. She, she does come back, and she's just obnox is obnoxious and useless. I just uh, hate then it. the. <laughs> The fourth most important character is Canty, which Canty is never truly explained as a character. Uh, a lot of times, it's it, it, it's very heavily implied that Canty is the character that Naoto sees himself as and who he wants to be, but can't find the courage to become. And and we see that when the you know whenever it becomes a do or die moment, they fuse and become one.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then there's his father. His grandfather, uh, his classmates, the only one worth mentioning is Eri. And then we have a gentleman by the name of Amaro, uh, Amareo, don't even ask me to pronounce these names, <laughs> who it's very heavily implied that he was Haruko's first victim while she was trying to obtain her goal.
2: Yes. yes. Eyebrows made I didn't even yes, know he had eyebrows. a
1: name.
0: <laughs> so uh, long story short, without getting into like the deep uh, nitty gritty of it, a massive corporation that is intergalactic... Is trying to turn Earth into its next victim. They are basically trying to iron out Earth, make Earth smooth and boring, and without any interesting aspects to it at all. Haruko is supposed to be preventing this because she is an intergalactic police officer. But Haruko don't care. Haruko has discovered a insane energy, an insane superpower, and it's uh, gosh, what is his name? I, I'm drop. I'm forgetting it Adam, right now. Adam Adamsk. Oh. Yeah, she discovers a power owned by Adamsk. And it's very heavily implied at first that she wants to be with Adamsk. And then you realize at the end of the series, she just wants the power. She doesn't even want to be with another person. She just wants the power all to herself. And uh, we discover that the kid's mind, because it's, it's pretty heavily implied because he's young and malleable. His mind is capable of creating wormholes to pull power from all across the universe. So, that, that that's the rough and short of it, is a kid has the ability to pull wormholes, a woman who is supposed to be protecting planet Earth is abusing his power to get a power from it, and uh, all the while, a giant corporation is trying to destroy the planet, and nobody really seems to care.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I I'm, would I'm, like to touch on Conti a little bit, specifically.
1: Um, yeah. You mentioned that he's kind of the way the kid wants to see himself in the world, like when he wants to be the hero and everything, you know, the first time that I had watched the series, I it, the fact that he's got a TV for a head was lost on me, but going back and watching it again, I it, it kind of clicked more, you know, it's kind of this analogy for how kids are raised with TVs these days and you know they can see and experience whatever they want through through the T V. You know, so you put this this TV as a head for the robot and the robot can do all these crazy things. He can fly, he can transform into an artillery cannon, he can fight, he's just good at everything and he's useful and you know that's that's what the kid wants. And you know that's that's where conti really comes into play like you said like he's kind of what nauto wants to be
0: you know yeah,
2: it's like the the tv itself is like his role model
0: yeah well it's 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 funny that you say that because the tv doesn't activate until somebody uh, mentions his brother so in the first i want to say even the first four, yeah the first 4 episodes Uh, The main character constantly asks his brother for guidance, like right before something bad's going to happen. Either himself or Mamimi does it, I want to say in episode two, um, they go hey, you know, uh, Nata's brother, save me. And sure enough, the robot activates and the robot's able to give the kid the courage he needs to do what he needs to do. Uh, Conti does. But, by episode five we really start to see Nata coming out of his shell. Because Mm -hmm. episode five, Mamimi... Is basically asking for the brother to show up again, and Nauta goes, "He's not coming. Don't you realize it's me who always saves the day?"
3: Yeah, and that's that's when
0: we and and that's when the robot activates in episode five. So that's when we start to see like, you know that that's when we see that the kid has realized his role and what he wants to become, and he no longer needs uh, to rely on anybody else. Now bear in mind, this is Gynax, so I could be talking out my butt and be just as accurate as everybody else because we're still arguing about Evangelion.
2: Well, f- Fooly Cooley is specifically made to be completely open to interpretation. So is it? Well, I, okay. I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, I, let, let's 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 touch on that specifically. Their their <laughs> part where they're talking about what is Fooly Cooley? What does it mean?
0: they do this multiple times yeah. yeah
2: and there's even there's even a part where they like they make fun of people who read too deep into ava because Nauta's dad is like is is a weeb
0: yeah he um, really is he and, uh he actually talks about like how gundam ruined mecca at one point i believe yeah and <laughs> yeah. there's a point
2: where nauta says that yeah he wrote like an essay about ava and no one fucking read it <laughs>
0: <laughs> well and and, and like and at the i think it's the end of episode six he actually says fully coolly doesn't mean anything yeah and they they just tell you right there as the audience like you don't have to ask anything else uh fully coolly doesn't mean anything just enjoy yourself
1: yeah yeah
3: and
0: which is funny, I, I will
1: say though it, it it's a total total flip-flop to uh is that ep- yeah I think it's episode one where they go through the whole like, manga style segment where like you know Haruko and Naota's dad and his grandfather are, like all arguing about what it is and they're like trying to get Naota to talk about it. No, oh, come on, you're the yeah. main character. You're supposed to know this. No, no,
0: that's that's episode 6. Is it? Yeah, that's back do that I'm in episode sorry, 6. Cuz
1: the the two segments are very I, very similar to each other. Yeah. And they did that. Well, on there's purpose. a reason
0: for that. It's and good. it's uh they actually end up ep- they they end the segment in episode 6 by saying that it was too expensive.
2: Yeah, that's apparently like, that's, like, that's a fucking nightmare to animate like that.
0: <laughs> well, and you got to realize. So one thing, just just quick tangent. We'll come back to this point specifically. This whole anime is drawn on cells.
2: Yeah, it is. It's completely all. So hand
0: drawn. imagine trying to do those manga frames with cells, like that. It, like it. You know, I could I could recreate that manga sequence in pretty much any video editing software. I use. Um, Gosh, I don't even remember because I know Mike uses Vegas and I haven't opened up my film, HitFilm. I use HitFilm. Like you can open up any program and the default settings, you could take manga pages out of like Naruto and recreate that sequence pretty easily. But this is 2000. We're still drawing on cells right now.
2: Yeah. It's uh... so. Oh, and we didn't really talk about this, but I'm curious. Like what's everyone's like experience with full equality?
0: Uh, I figure f- what's funny is I feel like Fully Cooley is somehow more up its own ass than Evangelion is, and yet I find it much more approachable.
3: Uh,
2: I want to say it's up its own ass. I think it, I think it just kind of like it just presents itself as like an open book, kinda, and it's just like uh. whatever you get out of it is just is is valid.
0: Yeah, so, well, let's I, I l- let me see if I can get Oh, sorry. I have...
1: Well, I
2: was
0: just going to say it's
1: it's definitely supposed to be open to interpretation and I think that uh <laughs> with all the fourth wall breaking that they do, it it never takes itself too seriously, which, you know, it, again, it's a, a big contrast to Ava cuz you know, Ava's p- primary thing about every character is hey, every single one of these people has had an extremely traumatic event and they are all messed up. And then you get fully Cooly where it's all fun and games and joking. And it has like a couple of serious moments here and there or like a couple of epic moments here and there. But for the most part, it's just, you know, it's just kind of slapstick humor and just kind of
0: poking fun at, you know, the mind of a child, if you will.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, I will say uh, that the, Mm. I, I'm going to try to get an agreement out of both of you real quick here. So I would say there are two persistent themes in FLCL where no matter what your interpretation of the show is, however you see individual characters, however you see anything, these two things are concrete and must be acknowledged. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. So the first one is the show is about puberty and hitting the most pivotal, yeah, pivotal, pivotal point in your childhood where you're transitioning from kid to semi-responsible teenager. Yeah. I it is a huge hit on puberty.
1: Yeah, yeah. A that, coming of age thing. Yeah, I
0: agree with
2: that. That that's something and this, like I got even as a, when I watched this the first time as like a dumb kid. <laughs> I was like, oh
0: the second thing uh is that this is and this is targeted directly at men so i i what's funny is i don't think my wife felt this and i don't think anybody's wife would feel this really uh, unless they were a lesbian uh welcome to pride month everyone uh, <laughs> is uh your first unobtainable childhood crush and and i gotta emphasize unobtainable because like you can crush on girls your own age um but there's a lot in Foolie Cooley where it's it's like uh, I don't know Ahab. Did you ever have like a teacher you crushed on, or a girl that was like a couple years older than you that you crushed on? Yeah, I, I think I think you know that's that's a pretty normal experience for most boys. Yeah, dude, I can tell you when it happened to me because uh, I work with her brother now. This is funny. Are you ready? <laughs> so Moth did taekwondo. All right, I, I, my mother, uh, she was sick of me bu- being bullied, and even though she's like, you can never fight anybody, she was like, you should do Taekwondo, which, uh, by the way, martial arts to actually learn how to fight, uh, Taekwondo's right down there with Capoeira. Uh, don't learn it to fight, it's useless, I don't care what <laughs> Tekken says. I don't care yes. what that, what was that one anime that came out recently where the main character uses Taekwondo? Uh I Gosh, so. it, it, it was the one that was... Uh, it was the it was the line tune that got turned into an anime. I keep thinking Shaman King, but that's not it. Now I'm like uh, having a freaking stroke trying to remember. It was a... Uh, God of High School? Of the, yeah, God of High School. Uh,
2: oh, is that what that's about?
0: Yeah, uh, Taekwondo <laughs> is completely useless as a martial art. If you want to learn an actual good fighting style, just learn Muay Thai. There's a reason that if you go to any MMA gym on the planet, they teach you two things. Brazilian jiu-jitsu and muay Thai. Yeah. So if taekwondo, yeah, you're just you're gonna
1: you're gonna get bullied even harder for trying to do it in a fight. So yeah, Yeah,
0: because the first thing taekwondo teaches you is a wide stance uh, that puts all of your weight on your front foot until you have to kick, and the first thing anybody's gonna do is charge you. You are so off balance; it's not even funny. But uh, yeah, so I, I was in taekwondo. And uh, by the way, I, I don't know if you guys have ever had this. Uh, we're going to call them geese, the the uniforms you wear in any form of Asiatic martial art.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, that is very, very loose, loose and wavy cotton. And if you ever pop a boner in one of those, everyone's going to see it. <laughs> oh, no. You are so not to be like this is going already. <laughs> All right. So I'm like nine, ten years old, Okay.
1: Okay.
2: So we're
0: so like I, I went into Taekwondo at eight. I'm like nine ten years old, and I I'm gonna guess because I, I I realized that I've just been a pervert since I was a kid, and there's nothing I can do about it. But I'm gonna guess like boys really start noticing girls at about nine to eleven. That sounds. And fair. I was probably just I was probably just an early bloomer, but uh, there was a girl in. Uh, Oh, here's another note. If you're a girl and you're in any form of martial arts, uh, don't wear bright colored underwear under a gi because the moment you do any stretch, everyone can see it. So you all can tell where this story's is going. Um, we would you'd have to do your morning exercises or like your, your early exercises before you did sparring and anything else. You'd have to do like basic t- South Korean yoga. It's a joke, really. I mean... Taekwondo was a joke and I can't believe I wasted five years of my life doing it when I could have been learning guitar or piano. But um, I would sit there behind this girl uh, who was several years older than me. I'm like 9, 10. She's like 15. And uh, she would always be wearing like bright red panties. And I'm sorry I'm talking about a 15-year-old girl's red panties here. But you got to understand this is a six-year age gap in her favor right now. I'm fine. I'm safe. And like I would sit right behind her. and We're doing all these stretches and I'm just popping boners in this gi and so uh what's what's funny to me is when we're watching fully Cooley, uh that's all i'm thinking about is being 10 years old and being in this awkward situation They're like okay everybody the sitting stretches are done everybody stand up and i would like stand up at a weird angle or i'd like Try to tuck my, my my little preteen boner under my belt or something. Had just
2: had to, to stand at a 90-degree angle at all times.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, gosh, I got a stomach ache. This is your seventh stomach ache this month. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> There's something in the water. Yeah, guys, guys you get, you get the, uh, the Breva tap. Oh, uh, fun fact about that Taekwondo. I found out uh, years later, uh, the owner got a divorce with his wife, and I never knew why. And it turned out that his wife was basically molesting some of the teenage boys in the class. Whoa.
3: <laughs> and, uh.
0: Uh, I, I, and, like, apparently, like, well, he called her on it because he was a good guy. Like, the, the owner of the Taekwondo studio was a really good guy. But his wife was, like, a scumbag. And uh, I guess, like, he found out and he was pretty much like, I can't even look you in the eye anymore. And uh, she pretty much filed an abuse lawsuit immediately on a divorce to avoid, like, infidelity charges. And, uh yes, yeah, so I was like, I always wondered why she would bring me into her office for, like, one-on-one talks. Oh. Oh, no. And, like, I, like she would bring me into her office. And, it, like, their, their office had a bed because I guess the owner kind of, like, slept there sometimes because he was – this dude worked super hard. Like, this dude worked day in and day out to run this Taekwondo studio. But, like, she would have me, like, sit on the chair next to her, and she'd be like, so I noticed on your form today, your leg was a little stiff. And she'd, like, reach down and grab under my knee. And, like, I never thought anything of it, because I'm like, oh, cool, I'm getting a private lesson. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning a like, lot about you right now.
1: <laughs>
0: Things I are starting to make sense. I don't think we've gone, at like, a, a an entire season on this podcast without me talking about getting groomed as a kid or something.
2: So speaking um. of pedophilia,
0: uh, fully <laughs> coolly oh yeah no no, no. Oh, sorry uh so this girl 15 years old i'm 10 uh turns out her co or her brother is my co-worker oh uh so the other i, I think like two months ago him and i were working on an mri together and i'm like hey did i ever tell you i used to pop boners to your sister all the time oh my
3: god, <laughs> my god. <laughs> it's good to know he was this like, is what
2: this is how you talk to people and it's not just this podcast
0: no, like, we're sitting here fixing an MRI, and he's like, man, this is like the worst. Like, I, I told him that uh, there was a leak in one of the lines. He's like, man, this is the worst thing I heard today. I'm like, oh, I can make it worse. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, I used to pop boners to your sister. And he's like, Emily? I'm like, yeah, the one who did Taekwondo. How's she doing anyway? I'm like, she's still hot. <laughs> Jeez. I'm like, she's still got that ramen hair that I love so much.
2: I hope he never listens to this.
0: <laughs> I really don't, like there's there's nothing worse than what I've already said to him. Like <laughs> Alright, so fully cool Go on go on, Sudo. Yeah, you know, let's um, just, just bring that one back. So Sudo, are you okay?
2: I'm fine. So hard. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, so uh, so my first unobtainable crush was that girl five years older than me. So yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I mean, will we talking about? So I don't think I don't I wouldn't say that that's like universal, like a universal takeaway for fully Coolie. I think it's fair. Uh, but I think the themes of like what it's saying about masculinity is way more prevalent.
0: It doesn't say anything about masculinity. The dude's got big old eyebrows. What do you mean? He's got big old eyebrows. That's just his character thing. That's his identifiable character core. Well, no, no, no. There's 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 a point there. Um, so
1: we we talked about Commander Am- Amaro Amaro Amaro. Whatever. Eyebrows. Eyebrows. A- Amaral. Amaral. <laughs> <no>, yeah, <laughs> I, I keep I wanting to say Amaro, up. and I'm like, no, not not Amaro, like Amaro Ray from Gundam. Like, that. that's a cool character. <laughs> this guy, he's kind of a dweeb, but he's trying to be Mr. Masculine Man. He's trying to be Mr. Independent Man, and he's trying to portray himself as – something other than what haruko took advantage of which was an insecure
0: kid well and they also also to note uh it's very heavily implied he has a tiny dick
2: <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> it is it is very heavily implied that he has a tiny dick um also can, oh just can we talk about how much straight show to rape is in this yeah <sighs> Do we have to?
3: No, no, There's a scene and, and
0: I didn't my wife actually missed this scene and I had to put it out. In episode five, um, when the giant pillar comes out of the kid's forehead, uh all the women in the control room get a nosebleed.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: the the whole
1: yeah, they're all sitting there in awe at this thing
0: coming out of his forehead. Yeah. Yeah. And let's also talk about the fact that uh, his boner caused him to get his first kiss, because uh, he gets a boner and kisses Haruko. Yep. Like uh, it's it's this. It, what's funny is I I the whole time I was watching I was like, does Guy next just have a thing for Shota rape? Because that was all of Eva, and then it got worse with End of Evangelion, and, and now like the next thing they do is Fully Cooly. and I'm like,
2: I don't think I don't know if they. Sh- show it in, like, a positive light in Fully Cooley. I think it's... Because he always, uh, I Well... Go ahead. I said, like... Hold on. Keep going. My thoughts are escaping me oh, right now. Oh,
0: no, no. It's, uh... <laughs> what, what I've gotten as a bridge point between Eva and Fully Cooley is it doesn't matter how you become a man or who makes you a man. Just become a man. Yeah. Because... It's- because... It, I think Because in end of Evangelion, he has three women or in Evangelion, he's got three women that could make him a man. He's got his mother. Uh sorry, the clone of his mother. Uh, well, uh the soul of his mother. We'll we'll go with that. Yeah. He has his surrogate mother, uh, your favorite woman on the planet, Ahab. Uh, Misato. Yeah. Misato. <laughs> Oh man, I'm not remembering anybody's names right now. And then we have Asuka. So he has three women that can make him a man. And yet he refuses to become a man. And that causes all the problems. All the problems after episode 14 are caused simply because Shinji can't get laid. Then, okay, fully, Cooly, it's the same
1: situation. <laughs> I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that literally every time Shinji got in unit one... Extremely traumatic shit happened to him, and that made him aversive to getting back into the robot. I'm sure that had nothing to do with it. <laughs> traumatic shit like not getting some bitches.
0: Well, and that's yeah, the thing. We're, we're uh, his... his
1: friends die, and, you know, not being able to
0: stop. <laughs> him. His mother's keeping him from getting laid. His actual mom's keeping him from getting laid, Ahab, because every time he gets in the robot, i.e., his mother.
2: It's a universal story.
0: Yeah, it's a universal it's the most Oedipus story of all. And then uh here we go. In Fully Coolie, there is no mother unit present, and this dude's drowning in Puss. <laughs> he yeah, doesn't like I,
2: it though. <laughs> At least well, not from no, the beginning. That,
1: that's kind of that's kind of one of the underlying themes though, is that Nauta doesn't really know what he wants he wants something but all these things are going on around him like moth pointed out like the town has constantly got stuff going on and he's just either apathetic to it or it angers him in some way he's annoyed at things you know this 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 redhead moves in with him and he's immediately angry at the sight of her
0: you know yeah I would be angry if a redhead moved in with me too no
2: you wouldn't (laughs) Yeah I would
0: I'd be like Damn I got a wife Get out of here You oh, Irish okay. crossbreed
2: But if you If you were it's, Okay
0: Dude Every time I've been stabbed It's been by an Irish woman So like How many times have you been stabbed? Or at least stabbed? a redhead Twice Okay Wait no No There's a third time And it was It was a It was another girl Okay so like Two of the three times Like Meatloaf will tell you That ain't bad <laughs> So <sighs> this
2: is an episode of revelations.
0: It is. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I,
0: you um, know the, I, this, this is like if you guys watch the podcast, I've told all these stories before, like getting stabbed on a cot in the back of somebody's garage apartment, like getting stabbed in the leg with a pencil because I made fun of a Filipino girl and then getting stabbed by my childhood friend because I beat her at Frogger.
2: Oh, okay, you deserve that one.
0: It was the PS1 Frogger, which to this day is still <laughs> the best Frogger.
2: The fact that you have opinions on the best Frogger <laughs> at all.
0: Is- <laughs> okay, did you play the PS1 Frogger? Like the versus level where you're all running like down the highway and like you just got to dodge between cars. That's like a Mario Party minigame. It's amazing. It okay,
2: actually does hell kind of bass.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. hella good. PS1 Frogger like highway level is dope. Yeah, I remember it. It was good. Yeah, see see that it's the best Frogger game.
2: What were we talking yeah, about? Yeah, I don't have
0: a best Dig Dug opinion. I just have a best Frogger opinion.
2: What were we talking about?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, we were talking about Pac Man. Oh. Uh So what's your favorite Pac-Man, Sudoku?
2: Championship edition's pretty good. The first one. Not any of the other one. Did
0: you uh you ever play the Barcade version where uh you can like have four friends and you all take an angle? I have not. Okay, it's, it's like the, the table, is, it's, it's on a table, so like the table's sunken, you can actually have your beers and whatnot on the table, and uh, because the screen's protected by a glass table. Yeah. And each of you can take a wall and play Pac-Man. That's cool. Ahab yeah. knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Pac-Man's cool as fuck. I do. So uh, we, we were talking about uh, the fact that Nauta has the ability to become a man and actively doesn't pursue any of the acceptable options in exchange for the unicorn.
1: Yeah. yeah there's also the part where like a lot of the stuff is kind of forced on him he's not really he's not really presented with the like the ability to choose for himself at first and it's when like like in episode five when he starts getting angry and he starts getting egotistical and you know he starts like getting angry when when mimimi wants to like call for his brother and he's like no I'm the one that's here I'm going to save the day like that's that's also the moment when he starts to actually fight for his ability to make the choice himself and he starts choosing on his own to step into the limelight and like actually do something about the issues at hand
0: Oh yeah, and uh, can we also talk about the fact that and and this is probably something that a lot of I, I wouldn't say like any well adjusted guy would feel, but I hang out with enough incels to know like this is how some of them feel. Uh, do we want to talk about the fact that none of the women are actually interested in him because of who he is?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That is a that is another big thing about it is that it's it's either his brother or his ability to manipulate the, the time space wormhole craziness that Haruka is after.
0: Or, uh, because there's nothing. So the the three reasons the girls are interested in him. So Haruka wants him because he's the conduit to the power she seeks. Mamimi wants him because she figures if she stays around him long enough, when her bro- when his brother comes to visit, she can then cling to him. So he's literally just a, a a signpost while she waits. And his classmate is interested in him because he's so his life is so plain and ordinary compared to her own. She uses she uses him for escapism.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Also, uh, speaking of just oh man, there's. There's so much charged sexual energy in that show. Did you guys get the point? I want to say it was episode five where she's sucking on a popsicle. And then as they start talking about all the cool stuff he's done, she just starts like deep throating the popsicle. I
1: noticed that and it made me uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there is so
1: many innuendos (laughs) in the show that I just completely overlooked at first. And
2: then he says something and then she just bites it.
0: Yeah, because he starts gloating himself, That's she right. finds it unattractive. Yep. So it, it was so interesting that they were showing like how her mind was working right next to what was going on. Uh, it, it's funny, we've, we've already talked, I think, for about 40 minutes about the show, and we haven't even begun to discuss the animation.
2: Oh my god. The first... So... No, I think it's, it's, it's the fight in the second episode where he enters a robot for the first time and fucking little buster starts playing. I is 15 or like, not even 15, like more than a, 10 years later after seeing it for the first time, I'm still pogging while watching that scene.
0: <laughs> I, I think the scenes that I actually like the most are the ones where you don't realize because we take a lot of stuff for granted right now. Yeah. So if this show was done today, there are a lot of sequences where Haruko's model would be a 3D render with very low detail on it to make it look like a 2D drawing. Makes but in the about... very first episode, when she hits him with the moped and then she starts rotating in place.
2: Oh, yeah. No, that, like, that part's
0: great. Like you would do that with a 3D model today. Like, it, it, But back then, they had to draw her on every point of the axis frame by frame by frame. Yeah. And then you're thinking about it again when she's driving around on her knees. She's constantly rotating. So in those 10 seconds of animation, somebody had a mental breakdown. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, too, because the show
1: actually kind of goes out of its way to point out when, like, those tough scenes for the animators happen. And I think that that is one of them, like, when they collide and they're spinning around in the air in slow-mo there's actually one of the characters makes a comment about it about like how tough it is to do a scene like that cuz they're all like oh i have to hold my breath through the whole thing and ah, but like you know that's that's kind of them breaking the fourth wall to tell the viewer like hey i hope you
0: appreciated this cuz this sucked yeah. <laughs> yeah well they they do it a lot uh they did it when uh they did it when they were doing the south park reference they did it when they were doing the matrix episode or the matrix sequence like
2: yeah and um, there's a there's one sequence I think it's in the third episode where um, Haruka, Nauta, and Mamimi are like hanging out at the house. And it's like a completely different animation style. It almost looks like rotoscoped.
0: Yeah, no, uh, they, they do that all the time. That's rotoscoped. And then there's a lot of sequences where they drop detail. Or they change the coloring like can we talk about the fact that this show does not maintain a consistent color palette at all
2: is I like, feel like that was on it. purpose
0: <laughs> no no but that it, it, it is every mm. fully Cooly I, I was joking with my wife I'm like I wonder if they got the budget for a 13 episode show knowing they were only going to do 6 episodes
2: that would not surprised me this show has so much fucking budget
0: well it's it's it just the the we really i I gotta emphasize this again like in 2021 doing a lot of the sequences that they didn't fully coolly would still be difficult but like i i wouldn't say a couple of rookies but i would Mm -hmm. say like a couple of people who just finished like their first isekai um could do these animations using 3d yeah we're back in 2000 drawing on cells like, yeah, everything yeah, was hand drawn. Um, everything had
1: to be perfect.
2: Uh, should also be yeah, said, this was made at like the height of Gynex. Like this is this was right after, like this is like three years after and Evangelion came out.
0: It's it it, it really is. Um, I, I just we even if the story isn't that great and even if a lot of the characters aren't great i would say this is like uh, this falls into the weird undertale category where it has so much heart that it saves what is otherwise very mediocre oh yeah the soundtrack the color palette and how they choose to do animations you can tell they were just having fun and that the the fact that the the creators having fun can come through to the audience so well is what makes fully cooly good
2: and the fact that it comes through even in the dub Cause yeah, this is, yeah, this is one of the best dubs for any anime, I think.
0: And this is a Funimation dub too. That's what blows my. Damn well, this is
2: back when they were doing the good shit. This is, cause this is back when they were doing like Cowboy Bebop and shit. The Cowboy Bebop's dub's great.
1: Yeah, yeah their their localization <laughs> team back then was on point.
2: Cause I think they no. got the original director, like their original voice director, just come in and direct the English voice actors.
0: Well, it, it, it's, it's funny because, and I'm glad Mike's not on this episode because he would never let me live this down. Uh, While I was watching the dub and they were doing the scene where they were, uh, I was watching the sub and I was watching the scene where they were making a bunch of puns. And I know both of you watch the dub, but there's, there's points where they say a word and she'll say like an English sounding equivalent to make puns. And it made me think about the only, t- like the only time I think localization is truly necessary is when you have to retell a joke. Yeah. and so they do that a lot and they actually did it in Dragon Ball Z as well This I don't know why this sticks out to me so well but Yamcha, Tien and uh, Chaozu are dead and they're training with King Kai and King Kai won't train them unless he can make them laugh and uh, Tsu and Tien make it work no problem but Yamcha's having a hard time so they make him tell a joke and the joke is what's the difference between a piano and a tuna and it's that you can tune a piano but you can't piano a tuna <laughs> and uh I, I just that is the only time i think localization can be necessary is where it's like okay they told a pun and we just need to retell that pun
2: yeah and they did
0: everything else i would prefer for it to stay the same they do the, and they did that with fully cool
2: yeah so they do that a lot with fully coolie with a lot of the like references like uh one example that i read earlier because i is uh in the dub they reference like crystal pepsi and, and the uh, sub is just like I, some I, random like discontinued soda
0: in Japan. And then oh, no, I'm trying to. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and, and these, like, I don't even. I know it's technically considered localization, but I feel like it's just translation liberties. Which Mike would come in here and start screaming and be like, "Moth, that's localization." No, but,
2: yeah, that is localization. That's the same thing.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's it's I I think the reason. Uh, I always get mad at localization and I got to be careful here because I don't want to like drag people down is there was the mystical ninja localization that got in a lot of trouble when a fan, uh, he 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 didn't localize it. He translated it word for word. And so obviously, I mean, you change the sentence structure a little bit because the way the Japanese do sentences is not the same, Mm -hmm. but he did the localization and there's a character who in the Japanese version isn't trans i think he's just a crossdresser, and he actually doesn't do like the cross-dressing community or anybody in like the lgbt community any favors with his existence and the the guy who translated it just translated it perfectly he said this is what happens and people wanted his head and so like that that's that's when i always get mad at localizers when they don't translate things directly when they don't translate things perfectly and fully coolly absolutely did and, and by the way i don't know exactly what happened with the mystical ninja story i just know the guy translated it perfectly and he didn't localize it and that's what got him crucified
2: So i, I am going to pretend to know what the fuck you're talking about
0: <laughs> it, it, i, I could look up the story right now but it's, it's not relevant no. mike will yell at me later okay <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 they, they really nailed localization from the English dub mm-hmm. to the Japanese sub. It down to the ages. I was impressed. That's like the number one thing localizers do. Yeah, they like to a, a lot of times ages. they
2: age up character or like they say they're older. Because,
0: yeah, they would like, say that he was probably fourteen and the other girl is probably sixteen, uh, Mamimi. momimi but then, like, you watch the show, and you're like, he goes into middle school at the end of the show, and you're like, okay, no, there's no way that kid was 14.
2: Yeah, no. I, was saying, I don't even remember them ever saying his exact age.
0: He's uh, Well, he's grade 6, going into grade 7. Yeah, so they, I they just, make it I, obvious he's, like, preteens. Yeah. Yeah, he's either 12 or 11. And uh, it's, my wife pointed something out, I don't know if I agree with it but she said a big aspect of the show is Nauta is trying to act like an adult in a world filled with adults that refuse to act like adults.
2: Yeah. I think that's, I think yeah. that's pretty fair and <laughs> yeah, it, obvious. Yeah. That's
0: showcased pretty hard with
1: Nauta's interactions with his father, actually. Yeah. Like he kind of holds his father in contempt for, uh, you know, what Nauta views as like childish interests or behaviors. You know, like Nauta's always worried about his father embarrassing him in front of other people and he gets mad at him for the things that he's doing, and, you know, tries
0: to distance himself
1: from his father in a lot of cases.
0: Yeah, it's it's it, well, there's on top of that, he you could tell he gets frustrated at Haruka because she doesn't ever tell him what she wants. Like Haruka throughout the show consistently lies to him or just doesn't tell him anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: and it's, it's very much an adult game where I, you know, if she had told him like, Hey, I'm using your powers so I can get what I want. Um, he might have shut her down. And so she was just acting on a, not, I wouldn't say a survival instinct because that she crazy, but, uh. She was acting very much on a selfish manner and manipulating him perfectly. And I think he realized that he was being manipulated and he hated her for it. Even though he wanted to bone her. Well, I you know, see, that's a
1: tough one. Because there are points where she tells him the truth, but he doesn't believe her. Like episode one, actually, when she moves in and he asks her, like... Who are you? What are you? What is this really? And she tells him straight up, "I am an intergalactic alien." And he's just a like, cop. "Yeah, okay, whatever."
0: <clears throat> well, oh man, do we also want to talk about the fact that they jump time around a lot? Like, not not massive t- jumps, like where they go days in advance or something, but consistently through the show, they jump a little bit forward and show you the end results of actions and then they go back and show you what led up to those actions they do it like three times
2: trying to think of any uh
0: the biggest one is when he hits uh when he hits his father's clone
2: oh yeah that yeah that whole section
0: yeah that that and then once again they're changing the entire animation style just for one section um also, I I loved it. I don't know how they did this in the English dub, but in the Japanese dub, he's uh, that one guy, uh, Ramaro, Ramaro, whatever his name is. Eyebrow man. Uh, basically, he has eyebrows. Yeah, he he comes in and he grabs the main character and he interviews him as if it was a murder mystery, like a, a murder sequence, and you don't actually know if it happened or not. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know if that conversation actually happened or if that was for the benefit of the audience. But uh, he tells him, he's like, I can't believe you hit your father. He's like. I didn't. He goes, yeah, that figures. You're more the type of guy to hit a vending machine. Yeah, that's. And exactly then at the end, the dub. yeah. And then at the end of the episode, she tells him, she's like, "You have to hit that, and just don't think about it like you're hitting a bomb. Think about it like you're hitting a vending machine."
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that I think that's what they say in the dub, basically.
0: Yeah, it's very similar,
1: if not the same.
0: Yeah, so the mm-hmm. so the payoff is instant for that episode, but they do. Um, Every episode is very self-contained, actually.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, There's there's very few... I actually wouldn't... Other than the central theme of the show, I would say that you could probably watch episodes 2 through 5 in almost... eh, Maybe not 5, but 2 through 4 you could watch in pretty much any order and it wouldn't matter because they're all self-contained.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because episode 1 deals with introducing all of the characters and that's pretty important, but... After that, yeah, up to episode four, everything's just kind of... Monster of the week. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, they talk about things that happened in, like, episodes prior, but they're all pretty self-contained.
0: Yeah, and it's, uh... I I just... No, it's it's, it's good. I actually had my train of thought get lost, and I'm not even sure why. Thanks to Doku. You're Um, you're welcome. (laughs) But, uh... there's, there's so much that this show does right and it's it's funny it's not as popular as Eva for a lot of reasons. Uh, the biggest reason is it's not as long as Eva and they're kind of reinventing the wheel with a lot of the stuff they do because Eva already did amazing organic motions. They already did weird intricate plots that have to be like they they literally it's, it's one thing when like uh, they talk about the fact that like Sonic is uh, Sonic is an attempt to topple Mario but uh fully Cooley comes off as if Nintendo's like yeah we have a mascot he's great he's perfect let's take everything everybody likes about him and uh, let's make him again and call him Sonic and he's gonna be Mario's direct competition it's like what what you guys already did everything that was good why are you doing it again well, like, I, I I would say there's v- you yeah,
1: know oh no I, I mean I feel like in regards to fully Cooley, there there is an element of that but more in satire than anything else like that's that's kind of a big thing is that satire is is a big driving force for fully coolly because you know like the moments where it's talking about gundam ruining mecha anime or you know just like pop culture references like crystal pepsi in south park like there's there's a lot of satire going on there which kind of takes it back to the show never takes itself too seriously. It's it's very, very quick to just kind of poke fun at itself as well as everything else around it. As where with Eva, you know, <clears throat> that is a very serious story through and through, from start to finish.
0: I I'm just now. I, also, did you guys? Oh, go I ahead. Said, I'm just
2: now go? remembering the part in Fully cooly where. The dad uh, just starts going, just starts talking about on uh, the third, because,
0: and like the- f- Oh, yeah, no, they, the episode four, yeah. they go through an entire loop in the third skin.
2: It's great, because uh, yeah. he, he's wearing like a red suit, <laughs> and he's like, oh, did you prefer the green? Did you prefer the Castro- the, the yeah, cassero- my ca- wife cassero- did cassero- uh, Yeah. How do you pronounce that? <laughs> Look.
0: Yeah, no, he. Uh, yeah, he goes through this huge thing where he's trying to emulate Lupin to get with a girl, yep. and he's failing in the same way Lupin fails. Yep.
2: Yep, it was great. Uh, I did not get any of this shit when I first watched it.
0: <laughs> no, we're like ten years old watching this show, and a ten-year-old should not be watching this show.
2: <laughs> but alas,
0: it's a. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, did you guys? Did you guys get the? idea that uh the main character nato was kind of an abuser it it was really interesting to me because he plays the victim the entire show like he he actually plays the victim when reality he's absolutely an abuser he abuses his father he ignores his grandfather uh he's a dick to the only girl his age he's a complete monster to a girl who's emotionally dependent on him and don't get me wrong a 12 year old should not have to deal with the emotions of a 17 year old but like he pretends he's a victim and then anytime somebody pushes forward the effort to give him what he wants, he says no. And then he doesn't do anything to get what he wants. And so it's like he just wants to have a permanent pity party. Like I want to be an adult, but in reality, I just want to have a permanent pity party and go woe on me and want everyone to feel bad for me. But the moment they do and make any forward actions, I don't like it. I go back into my shell.
2: Yeah, I you think know, that's fair. And yeah. And I think when I first watched it i think i was in high school i think like subconsciously i think that aspect kind of hit me because that's kind of how i was in high school
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's nato i I remember not liking the show as a kid because i didn't like the main character and then i realized the main character is actually supposed to be despicable Mm -hmm. You are supposed yeah. to like him the least out of anyone in the show, except maybe his dad and his grandpa, but they're once again you see two garbage men.
3: Yeah. It, one of them watch an,
2: anime.
0: When you when
1: you put it that way, it kind of it, it just it made me think of Eva. Cause you look at Shinji and the way that he behaves, you know, he's just kind of there. He has wants and desires, but he doesn't really put forth a lot of effort to achieve them. And then when his life takes that crazy turn and all this all all this stuff starts happening to him, you know, when people are giving him the opportunity to get what he wants in the same way Nalta does, he kind of recedes back into his shell and he goes, Well, now I don't want to do it. You know? And Like in Fully Coolie episode five, when he's starting to get really cocky, thus the gun hammer to the back of the head thing. Very, very obvious visual pun there, but, um, <clears throat> excuse me. He starts getting very cocky, he starts getting angry, he starts getting egotistical, and, you know, it's kind of the same transformation that Shinji goes through in Eva, where. You know, through repeated exposure to the same inputs, he starts getting angry and he starts getting, you know, upset. He's starting to take control more out of anger rather than desire, you know, to the point where he's threatening to destroy nerve headquarters in unit one because he wants something. He has the power to do something about it. And for once in his life, he's he's actually motivated to do something. You know, and then fully cooly, you know, that same parallel kicks in where <clears throat> you know, Mimimi's calling out for now it's his brother and he gets angry and he goes, No, I'm the one that's here. I'm gonna save the day. And he makes the conscious choice to let Conti absorb him so that they confuse and go kick ass and save the day,
0: just to prove a point. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's it, it, just to just to clarify and I, I know this has been made clear for the rest of the, the everybody else, the reason we keep comparing this to Eva is because not only are the shows similar in a lot of ways, they are literally made by the same studio one after another yeah. that's <laughs> like if I were to say, yeah, Gurren Logan is really similar to Promare for some reason <laughs> well,
1: this is really weird that the Ford Ranger and the Ford F-150 seem to look very similar
0: <laughs> oh wow uh, for for those of you, uh, for those of you who aren't very uh, ca- car savvy, uh, the Ford Ranger is just a uh, uh, the, the the castrated version of the F one hundred and fifty. They're literally the same car until you get into like the Platinum or the Raptor. But if you drive a Raptor, I want you to know I think you have a small dick, and there's no way around it. Like. If if you just 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 gonna go out, you got me you got me on a tie engine here. But if you dodge, (laughs) if you drive a Ram 1500, I assume you're an enlisted with an alcohol problem. Don't they all? Like, that's the thing. If you're enlisted, you're gonna buy two cars. You're gonna buy a Dodge Charger or you're gonna buy a Ram 1500. There's no other option. Hold on, hold on. There's the Camaro. I guess the Mustang, Camaro, and Mustang.
1: The,
2: uh, okay, but if we
0: take the Charger, the, the Charger, the Camaro, and the Mustang, and I'll put them into one car, they only grab one truck ever, and it's the Ram 1500. And I have no idea why it's the 1500, but it's always the 1500.
2: Because it's the one the
0: Recruiter has. I don't. I don't know. It it <laughs> blows my mind. Like that, you can actually watch these guys. Like. I could tell when their wife has put on 150 pounds because they go from the charger to the 1500.
2: Oh, I know. And I and they've gone
0: from being an E2 to an E7. I
2: I live like close to a military base. I know. <laughs> I don't like j-
0: just. J- so Ahab, I'm glad I have you on the, and I, I'm glad I got you on the. It, let's 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 break away. Like, have we really said everything there is to say about fully Coolie? Uh, the robots I feel you. like I feel like we've covered a lot I feel like there's there's a we
1: could probably start splitting hairs and we could probably start going into the specifics of each episode but as far as the the surface level and core details of the show in general I think we've we've covered it covered it a pretty good bit yeah
0: okay so so you live by by the way uh pseudo the the, the military base you live by is there a target like right outside one of the gates yes Okay, all right. Every Perfect.
2: time. <laughs> uh, actually, every the Target used to not be one.
0: <laughs> Payday loans and Target.
3: Yep.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, actually, no, they changed that recently. You cannot have a loan uh, a loan office within like five miles of a military base, I think. Oh, gee, I wonder why. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so so <laughs> there's a term in the military, uh, and it, it, really civilians should know this. Anybody who works by a military base should know this term, but it's called the Dependa. And they're called a Dependa until their husband makes E6. And then they're called a Dependapotamus. And Ahab, do you want to explain this for me? Oh,
1: man. So anybody who's never been in or around the military probably has this preconceived notion of what a service member looks like, how they behave, you know, they come off as these super honorable, upstanding people with nothing but light in their hearts. And, you know, <laughs> oh no. then no. you meet some and you're like, wow, these guys are idiots.
3: I served,
1: Moth served, we've seen it firsthand, we've lived it. You drive around the military housing and, you know, you get, you get everything from the soccer moms who have a very overinflated self sense of importance Uh, you get the trailer park look you know you get the mom walking out in cookie monster pajama pants flip flops and a tank top with a bottle of Jack Daniels in one hand and a
0: pack of smokes in the other can we can we emphasize real quick? The Cookie Monster pajama pants is universal. <laughs> I don't know. If, it's because it's sold at Why? Target. What? I it's am all 100%... Cookie percent That's probably sort of PS that... too. No, it's sold at Target. It is absolutely because that pair of pajama bottoms is the comfiest pair of Target sells, and it is absolutely sold at Target. So it doesn't matter if this chick is 120 pounds, 220 pounds, or 320 pounds. She is wearing pajama. Pants with Cookie Monster on it every damn time, and generally she's smoking Marlboro for some reason. I don't know why. Hipster chicks like American Spirits; these bitches like Marlboro.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. I guess it's called exchange now. It's usually either
1: Reds or Marlboro Lights. At that, I don't. I don't understand what everybody's obsession with Marlboro Lights is. Like, I feel like Lights is like you just take a piece of printer paper,
0: you roll it up, and you light it, and just that's what you're smoking. That's a Marlboro Light to me. Yeah, uh, sorry, Sudo. And Sudo knows what we're talking about because Sudo, were you in the military? No,
2: but my brother was and um, my dad okay. was.
0: I, and I need you to understand. Um, there, There's a phrase that I've heard and it's funny, I didn't hear this until I, after I left the Air Force is the Air Force has more geniuses than any other branch and none of them are not enlisted. And it's, it's so true, it hurts my soul because I got into, and I've talked about this so much, I got into the dumbest AFSC I, your ASVAB score doesn't matter just, just know that I scored high enough that technically any job was open to me that's not very hard you just need to score 78 to get that I got into an AFSC with an ASVAB score requirement of 33 my first two weeks of a 12 week training course was please stop raping women if you have to rape a woman get away with it
3: oh no
0: it's the the uniform court of military justice gets way too many rape complaints from you guys please stop two weeks two damn weeks of a fucking 12 week program
1: yeah so, sharp and eo thing yeah a- anybody anybody military listening to this is going to be like ah like they're going to they're gonna have these these vivid flashbacks to trying to stay awake during death by PowerPoint for weeks on end.
0: Just oh, go stand up in the back of the class. Drink a liter of water. <laughs> All right, you know what? Here's the thing. And some of you can feel some of you can feel like I'm targeting you. If you want me to target you even more. Imagine having two months where you cranked in like four grand, and then after completing BMT, getting the first five thousand dollars of your signing bonus. Because when I went in, signing bonuses were gone, it was like five thousand, was the most you got on your first half. So you have four grand sitting in your pocket and five thousand dollars. And the first thing you do is you go buy three pairs of Nike Jordans, blow two grand at a strip club in one night, and then you go and you get a 20% interest loan on a Camaro. So screw you. Uh, we're calling you out know what? The boots. I know I know this happened because I bunked with these assholes. You know which ones didn't do that? The married ones. Every single enlisted guy who wasn't married did this.
2: I'm glad yeah. my brother never bought a Camaro. I think he just bought an Xbox. <laughs>
0: That's that's those like the antisocial ones that like buy an Xbox or a PC and those are like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of chill with it because you're stuck in this classroom for however many months you have to be here for your job. The guys who bought laptops I got nothing against those dudes they were smart. I beat Mass Effect trilogy like three times in technical school. That's why I'm not buying the complete edition ever again. Like, they, they got it. You could buy the whole game for like 40 bucks, and I'm not doing that again. Uh,
2: I will probably do it one day because I have never played those games and um interested. They are
0: great. It, it's, it's the first game is necessary to set up the plot, the second game has the best story, and the third game has the best combat. So each of them are good in their own way. Oh, did you hear what they did? I didn't know this was oh, like like so, so stupid. I got Skinner boxed. Uh, or, like, I got Pavlov or something. Do you know hitting the run button doesn't actually speed up Shepard in any of the games?
2: Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Well, no, it's only in, it's, the, it's in camera... the first one.
0: Oh, yeah, they, they change the camera lens to fisheye and then shake the screen.
2: That's all they do. It doesn't actually change his run speed.
0: You, you okay, Ahab? <laughs> well,
1: I'm, I'm thinking now because I actually <laughs> had been playing the Legendary Edition I think they just removed it in
2: the first game. No, 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 they actually changed changed it so that you actually
1: do increase in speed. Yeah, but in the original game, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, we we all
0: got (laughs) fleeced. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a yeah. So just 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 to round out the episode, uh, fully coolly, it's based. Would you? Because every every one of us recommends it um what are the prerequisites you would say for somebody to watch fully coolly because i honest to god think that you shouldn't watch fully Cooley until you've seen Eva.
2: no just fucking watch it <laughs> Yeah, I, I watch think it twice to,
0: I think like ind- five well, years apart
1: well okay so i think i think fully Cooley appeals most to people in our age group that grew up with like south park and you know Tsunami and Adult Swim and stuff like that because it exposed us to the cultural marks that are in Fully Cooley and the stuff that it references. So, like somebody who was born in 2005 or past that, that may they may not get it as much. You know, they may not enjoy it as much because they're not going to have the same connection to the pop culture references you know yeah there's a there's a generational difference there but that that being said i feel like other than that there's really no prerequisite like like sudo just said you just go watch it just just watch it
0: yeah so i i would say if if you want to get the full experience of fully Coolie, watch eva first and it's it's they don't have they're they're not canonical with each other like there's there's no resemblance it's just gynax did eva gynax did end of evangelion then gynax did this and if you if you really like you really start to see a lot of similarities in the two once you realize that gynax did them both and that they're just projects one after the other
2: i would say so for uh, the best
0: experience watch eva first
2: uh watch eva be on the internet for five years to see all the discussions about Evangelion and how fucking annoying it is and then watch fully <laughs>
0: I just, I, I, you know, it's it's really funny to me, I, and maybe because I didn't watch Eva until like six months ago or like a year. ago. I didn't ago. watch till after I first watched uh, Fully coolly Well, like I, everybody's I was like, "Oh, it's Asuka and Ray," and I'm like, "Are you?
2: God, they're blind."
3: Stupid? Misato's right fucking it's, there.
0: It's Misato and uh, what's her name, Akari, Doctor Akari. Yes, like. <laughs> Or is it Dr. Araki? I hate this. One of them... His father is either Akari or Araki. His father and, is... a and she's is a Araki or Akari.
1: No, so... Yeah, so she's Araki. <laughs> you're, I, I believe... You're, you're talking about the,
0: the blonde doctor, right? I'm talking about the same woman who voices Nico Robin, and you gotta know how horny... That Wait, is, is it? <laughs> yes, the same woman who voices Nico Robin voices her. Base. It is... Oh, it, like, that woman is the queen of Ara Ara. Her... And the, uh, the the chick who does the Japanese sub for Cells at Work, the, the machondrite or something, the, the freaking maid outfit ass white blood cell with a machete. I
2: don't know what you're talking about, but I will watch the show.
0: Her and, so, <laughs> Nico Robbins' voice actress and her voice actress are the queens of, like, older women. Hmm. But, yeah, um, so watch, watch Fully coolly. Uh, we do have some questions. Uh, these were just general questions thrown out to us. Uh, Tid would thought he was clever and wanted to ask us all, if you were to take a book or book series and give it an anime adaptation, what would you recommend?
2: Uh, uh, hold Ooh. on. Uh, I've I got uh, to look at what these are called real quick. The Rift Wars
0: saga. I, I, I mean, the Rift Wars? Yep,
2: Rift Wars saga. There we go.
0: Sci-fi or fantasy? That's fantasy. Okay. Uh, that, that wouldn't happen to you in by Salvador, was Dumb. it? <laughs> Good. I, if anybody ever says anything, Ra Salvador positive on this podcast, I'm suplexing it's
2: them. Uh, the it's <laughs> <laughs> a E. first.
0: Because Ra Salvador is responsible for everyone I wanted to beat up in high school. He sounds
2: and, good. And for those
0: of you who aren't, for those of you who aren't getting the reference, he wrote Drizzt.
2: I don't so. read books because I have ADHD and it makes it hard to read books. But Saga is great. Read it. An just, for the,
1: just for the pure hilarity of it, I would like to see an anime adaptation of Ernest Hemingway's The Old Man in the Sea. Because think about how over-the-top anime can be. like Especially when you start talking about something like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure or something, where like they are purposely over-the-top. Now apply that to the story of The Old Man in the Sea. And well, think I'm about it, like, how epic that would be.
0: I'm sitting here thinking about. There's an anime that did that fairly recently. Not Old Man in the Sea, but they took like a very boring American novel and basically retold it beat for beat uh, in an anime. But like you didn't realize it because of how over the top everything was. And I want to say they did it with Moby Dick, but I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> like they, they they've done that oh, before. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Did you just say Moby Dick is boring? Okay, Moby Dick isn't boring if you understand the context of everything that's happening, but it comes across as, like, a very biblical book, where it's just, like, biblical references get thrown into a a whale hunt.
1: (laughs) I mean, the whale hunt is kind of secondary to all of the things going on, but yeah. Okay, I'll give
0: you that. Uh, For me, I just, I love Battletech. Any, like, the Grey Death Legion. Just, there's there's a trilogy that everybody loves that's, like, the entry level. If you want to get into Battletech, you get into the Grey Death Legion. Um... That's the book series. That needs an anime adaptation. I don't give a shit about the clan wars. The clan invasion was stupid. I mean, it's it's good. It progressed the plot, but like the clan invasion and 3025 get talked to death. Let's move onward. Let's move into the Jihad. Let's move into the clan era. Let's move into the Dark Age. Please stop doing 3025 and stop doing the clan invasion. But like, you have the freaking civil war. Do that. All of them. Uh, the second question, and Ahab, you are going to you're going to hate this question because you and I are in the same discords. Oh boy! What VTuber do you simp for? Who asked that question?
3: <laughs>
0: that, Who asked that question? Some, some, it it wasn't anybody from our Discord, Ahab. Oh. Well, I'm gonna. I can tell you know. What? I want to oh, bully ahead. them, but I can't now.
2: You have to give an answer.
0: No. It, <laughs> I mean, here's how I see it, okay? I can tell you my favorite basketball team. I can tell you my favorite baseball team, my favorite hockey team. I have not seen a single one of their games. I just had to pick one so that people leave me alone when they ask me that question. It's, hey, I like the Charlotte Hornets. I'm well aware they don't exist anymore, but they do an NBA jam, so shut up. Hey, I love the Minnesota Vikings. I'm aware they suck and they haven't been good for decades, but they were really nice in NFL Blitz. Hey, I like the Red Wings. No, it's the Ducks. I like the Ducks because Disney made a cool cartoon about them. <laughs> like, so my favorite VTuber is Toa because she has a really good voice. That's, that's it. The end. <laughs> I have a real answer. Yeah. What about? <laughs> I,
1: I don't. I don't. I don't think I have an answer for that one because I uh, don't. We are in a
0: Discord that sips for Amelia. Base. Who would you say they simp for more? Would you say it's Amelia or the Frog, or the, not the Frog, the Shark? Cor, great. I, I think it's like I think they're kind of equal right now, as far as I can tell. Because I guess they did like a collaboration the for a while. Recently. Yeah, it was the Dragon for a long time because she opposed China, based. And then it, it just, ah. I, I know more about VTubers than I have any right to, and I despise them, like. <laughs> And it's funny is I can't go on Twitter and actively talk about how much I hate VTubers because I actually have a lot of mutuals who are trying to get a VTuber career. (laughs) But like, I need you to understand as as a person who used to be ugly, who turned himself around and got really attractive, the idea of people being popular, hiding behind a 3D hologram would have been great for me 10 years ago. Now it just frustrates me. Like I'm hot now. And now the cool thing is to be a person hidden behind a hot avatar. Yeah, uh, well,
1: I mean there is there is the idea a lot that of some of the guys in the Discord we're in together that you know, they want me to do a VTuber but they want me to be like an orc.
0: You know, a half Yeah, no, I like well, like, I I always get tagged. I always get tagged whenever that moth VTuber comes up. Oh, yeah, and, like a, I've, I really I really appreciate her rig. I'm really glad she turned down Hollow Live because she wanted to keep her persona, and apparently, like you have to surrender your persona to Hollow Live as part of the contract. Right. But I need you to—not you guys, but like—I need people to understand. I I like her as an artist. I don't care about VTubers. I don't watch streamers. I don't watch VTubers. Like I just don't. I have better things to do with my life than watch somebody else.
3: I
2: like Nyaners. Yeah, yeah. I think she's funny. <laughs> You're
0: out. <laughs> the only thing I've seen from The only thing I've seen from Nyaners is uh the Chug Jug. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> great. Alright, so uh, there's your answers. Uh, none of us give a rat's ass about HoloLivers or VTubers. Um, that, that's not true. And, there's, uh, there's two of us. <laughs> two of us I, don't. I don't care. I... It, Alright, I'm telling Mike you're, you're kicked for the podcast. Michael, <laughs> agree with me! We're playing Sudoku after this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's it. Does anybody have anything they want to plug?
2: Uh, if I Sudoku, you can follow me at Sudoku FTC on Twitter. Uh, or you can follow me on Twitch at Twitch.tv slash Sudoku5. I stream sometimes.
0: And uh, Ahab is just going to tell us about Savage Company. <laughs> yeah. Uh... If you play
1: 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder 1st edition, go check out Savage Company. The campaign setting and all of its subsequent books are very epic. They're very awesome. It's everything you could possibly want to add to your table and more. Savage Company, go check it out.
0: I will... Don't don't consider this an endorsement because I don't actually play tabletop games all that much. Uh, but... I will say I like the direction Machines of War has gone in, and I like the fact that your guys has completed the Kickstarter and are doing a lot of 3D STLs so that people can actually play their game on an epic scale. Yeah. Uh, Removing myself as
1: one of the content creators for it and looking at it from a third-person perspective, I think that it was the right move, and uh it's gonna it's gonna give people so much more immersion and so much more care when they can you know make their models and actually physically paint them and like have tangible things attached to the game you know in the same way that Battletech or 40k does you know that that alone is is a big component
0: so I'm super excited about it yep so that's the plug I have to end the plug before Mike yells at me uh All right. Well, that was it. Uh, Thank you, Sudo. Thank you for Ahab. This has been the Married Not Volso podcast. See you next time.
3: Later.